Welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, it's just me. In this episode, we'll tackle the debilitating thought patterns of perfectionism, distinguish between the desire to excel and the desire to be perfect, and you'll hear why the number 5,127 was life-changing for a famous inventor. This is episode 35. Here we go. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you for tuning in. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for all of the new followers on Instagram. It's been fun to connect with you um, slowly throughout the past couple of weeks. And I just really love hearing good feedback and just finding out more about you. So feel free to direct message me anytime. I would love that. I wanted to take a second before we dive in to encourage you to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't heard, we are doing a giveaway throughout the month of June. You have chances to enter in this giveaway. And I've added a permanent highlight on Instagram so that you can see the process of how to leave a rating and review. It's pretty easy once you know, but at first it's not very intuitive. So I left a little way that you can see how to do it. So we are giving away two $25 Amazon gift cards to two lucky winners. And all you have to do again is to leave a rating, review, or tag two friends that might enjoy this podcast on Instagram or Facebook, because I will see that when my name pops up, Sunday Afternoon Mama. So some people have written some incredible reviews, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you. They they make me cry. It's just so awesome to hear that this podcast is making a difference in your life. So I had mentioned a few episodes ago that my goal was to get about 25 ratings, and so far I'm up to almost 20, so thank you. We have five more to go, and ultimately my goal is, you know, 100 because the more ratings and reviews you have, the easier it is for Apple to realize, oh, this is a good podcast. (laughs) We should promote it or we should spread the word. And it's also cool because it helps new mamas hear about the podcast and find out, oh, it's it sounds good. People have trusted it. People say good things about it, you know? So I will announce the two winners of the June giveaway at the beginning of July. All right. So Today, I felt stirred in my heart to address an issue that I have struggled with throughout my whole life, and maybe some of you have too, and the issue is perfectionism. More importantly, I want to talk today about how to let go of perfectionism, that never-ending quest for flawlessness. If you haven't ever dealt with this, don't tune out yet. I know that this issue of perfectionism touches many lives, so even if you don't know what it's like, one of your children or friends or family members may struggle with it too. Knowing about it and having an honest conversation about the ups and downs of dealing with this issue should prove to be valuable to all of us. So first of all, a general consensus of the definition of perfectionism is A person striving for flawlessness and setting high performance standards accompanied with critical self-evaluation and concerns regarding others' evaluations. Whew, okay. Right away, I'm guessing you're nodding silently if you know what this feels like. Some signs that you may be a perfectionist also include thinking in all-or-nothing terms, like you fail at one thing and then you call yourself a failure, Thinking and acting in extremes, like for me, sometimes this looks like getting stuck on rules, even arbitrary ones, and not allowing for human weakness or sickness or random circumstances to just play out. 
I tend to get frustrated when things don't go according to plan and, you know, that kind of thing. Another sign you might be a perfectionist is that you don't trust others, so you rarely delegate. Like, it needs to be done a certain way, your way, the right way. (laughs) And so you have high standards for yourself, demanding standards, and sometimes you impose those on others. Another possible sign is that you give your best, even 110% always, and then you become easily frustrated when others don't do the same. I can remember when I was in high school, whenever we were assigned a group project, I would roll my eyes and think to myself, oh great, I'm gonna end up doing all the hard work you know, kind of playing the martyr. (laughs) And it became a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of times. Now, thankfully, as I've gotten older, I've learned to delegate and now I have no trouble saying no and setting healthy limits to what I will or will not help with. Another possible sign of perfectionism is thinking that there is always something more you can do to make the project or the day or the situation or whatever it may be better. So you're never satisfied with done. And boy, let me say that this can be crippling as a mama. Sometimes using the word should a lot. I should be more of an athlete. I should be more fit. You know, I should be a rock star volunteer at my child's school. I should be able to lose X amount of pounds and wear these brands of clothing and drive this car. And I should be creatively schooling my children, you know, coming up with a thousand crafts for the summertime and, you know, just high expectations that might be unreachable and just undoable. Another trait of perfectionism can be that your self-confidence depends on what you accomplish and how others react to you. Again, this is super toxic. For years, I was able to take great solace in my accomplishments academically and in the world of work. I was always proud of my grades and awards and achievements and my hard work. And then becoming a mother, as amazing as it is, you end up being very humbled, right? It's like you're reduced to tears some days, you have sleepless nights with your newborn baby, or as I'm discovering, as with older kids, you can have sleepless nights. Anxiety, you might feel like you're not doing anything right. It is so hard in our very vocal and critical culture to feel good about our roles as homemakers and mamas. And I mean, like whether you stay home or not. And there are no accolades each day like, yeah, you're doing so well potty training your child or look at you rocking that backyard picnic with your family. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's been a huge adjustment over the years for me to find all of my worth and affirmation in God alone. Not even our poor husbands can bolster our confidence as much as we need sometimes, right? No human being can, only God. Another perfectionist tendency is that you strive for excellence. And once you've reached a goal or hit a target, you move on to the next one, like sometimes quite quickly. We'll discuss the important difference between striving for excellence and being obsessed with perfection later. But you know you're a perfectionist when you fixate and focus on your failures and mistakes like where you messed up. This tendency is particularly detrimental to receiving forgiveness and grace and can become a barrier to our personal growth. And lastly, you may find that you procrastinate and avoid situations or projects where you think you may fail. For example, let's say you're not confident about your baking skills, so you never bake publicly like share your work with others because you want it to be perfect and you're afraid it won't be now i know that was a mouthful but this is our foundation recognizing the tendencies and the signs that you might be a perfectionist our starting point is here in understanding and recognizing if we or someone we know and love struggles with perfectionism now those were some classic symptoms what about some effects on your life. Well, tragically, perfectionism can correlate with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health problems. 
Thankfully, I've not struggled this deeply with it and have never experienced those things, but I have experienced some low-level frustrations or fears and negative feelings around me wanting to do something perfectly or for the kids to behave perfectly in this one situation or the house to look perfect all the time. And obviously this is impossible, right? So I have been far too self-critical throughout the years and have fought to focus on my strengths lately, not my perceived weaknesses or flaws, but it's a battle. It's a daily struggle. So I want to say right here that it's important to make a distinction between the desire to excel, which is totally great and healthy, with the desire to be perfect, which is totally impossible and unhealthy. So make sure that you can kind of think through in your own life if that is a problem for you. The desire to excel is wonderful. It drives us to do great things and accomplish so much. But when we want to be flawless and perfect and everything to be perfect, it can become completely frustrating and cause a lot of sadness. Now, there are two generally recognized kinds of perfectionism and all of my sources and all of the inspiration from this episode will be linked in my show notes today, but there's two kinds of perfectionism. So social oriented and self oriented with social oriented, as the name suggests, you impose and demand high standards of perfection from or on others. And with self oriented, as you can guess, you focus inwardly on you being perfect and doing things perfectly. You are internally driven and motivated to be the best, the absolute best at whatever you do. And this is an all-consuming focus in your mind and heart. And I completely relate with this. This is what I struggle with even now, even to this day. The tension here is that some aspects of perfectionism can be a virtue or a vice. The desire to do your best is wonderful. Like the world needs us to be driven and motivated to succeed and accomplish great things. But where it crosses over into that icky place is when you are almost obsessed and consumed with being perfect, looking perfect, and you're crushed when you fall short. A fabulous article I read from Live Science said, beyond a certain threshold, it backfires, meaning perfectionism, and becomes an impediment. Yes, 100% yes. <laughs> the article goes on to use the example of a surgeon where yes, it's vital that she be excellent and precise in her work. After all, it's life or death and there's no room for error, but you don't want that person to go home and impose that high standard on her family, causing great stress. So now that we've examined what perfectionism looks like and its negative consequences in our lives, let's chat about how people typically cope with it. And then don't worry, there's a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow where we will just articulate specific strategies and ways you can deal with perfectionist tendencies in a healthy way. One particularly dangerous way of coping with perfectionism is avoidance coping. And that's where you deal with problems by avoiding them. You don't think you're going to succeed or do something perfectly, so you don't even bother trying. Examples from my life, one is a little bit funny, but include not going out on a limb and trying new experiences like skiing or rock climbing with my husband because of the fear that I won't get it perfectly and I'll fail. However, I will say I plan on trying to ski this winter because, you know, even if I'm stuck on the bunny hill for a while or forever... <laughs> I've got some Norwegian blood in me, so I figure there's a skier deep down within me, right? <laughs> in fact, some of my mom's cousins are actually Canadian-Norwegian cross-country ski champions, so that makes me super proud. And speaking of cross-country skiing, that sounds way more fun to me anyways than flying down a hill. <laughs> Flat ground. <laughs> All right, back to coping strategies. Now, another common way of coping with perfectionism is escaping, and I am all too familiar with this. Fortunately, I've never resorted to substances 
Um, For example, lots of alcoholism runs in my family way back down the line, so I haven't even flirted with that one. (laughs) But for me, the downfall can often be something like TV when I should just get a good night's sleep. Or it can also be a treat mentality, like to take into the extreme where it's like snacking at night, thinking I'll feel better with XYZ. And when taken to the extreme, this way of thinking, this escaping way of thinking can lead people to binge on food, alcohol, other drugs, TV or media, just to name a few. That is why I have to ruthlessly check my heart and my true motivation for something as seemingly innocent as watching a movie or a show at night. It might sound kind of silly if you didn't know kind of the backstory, but this is why I'm talking about sleep often or, you know, some of these things that I struggle with is because it's a heart issue. I have to make sure my intention and motivation is pure. Often what my body needs is another hour or two of sleep, not distracting blue light to try to escape something that's weighing on my mind. My husband is great at gently reminding me that I should probably just turn off the media, all media, and go to bed at night. That filling my mind with an intense like police drama, like Hello Blue Bloods, (laughs) or even a funny movie won't solve the problems brewing in my head or my heart. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever do this? Oh man, if I'm turning to a movie, a snack, or social media, some things that seem super innocent, but if I turn to these things during nap time because I'm too stressed and upset about something, it can be very, very harmful. Lately, I've been trying to observe that and notice that and instead run to God in prayer rather than kind of blur my focus and concentration with all these distractions and and try to fill that deep need with other things other than him. It sounds so obvious to say it out loud, but filling our bodies or our minds with toxic, excessive substances that don't truly satisfy is just going to be folly in the long run. This will prove to be a pathetic and unsatisfactory substitute for the love and the wisdom that God longs to give us, especially if we're stuck or unsure how to handle a parenting issue, let's say, or work stress or extended family troubles. The Harvard Business Review stated that there is a troubling rise in socially prescribed perfectionism. They went on to talk about our society being consumed with social comparison, sorting, sifting, and ranking as being a huge contributing factor here. Now, I completely can see this. Can you? I mean, it's just, yes, it's so true. I have to guard my eyes so much when it comes to comparing myself. I mean, everything from appearance to somebody else's home versus my home and meals and possessions and everything because if I'm not careful what is supposed to be inspiring ends up producing envy or dissatisfaction with my own life. So let's get to the good part, the hopeful part. How can you help yourself or others who struggle with perfectionism? Let's say one of your kids or a friend if if it isn't you. First I would say recognize that failure is not a sign of weakness and if you have children teach them this truth as well. A lot of the fuel for the burning fires of perfectionism, the thing that keeps it going, is a desire to avoid a failure. In the end, we miss out because we don't try new exciting things. Instead, psychologists recommend that you shift your focus to what went well and what you can learn from the experience. The second tip is to embrace qualities like perseverance, flexibility, and diligence. These cannot coexist with the stress and the fears that come with pursuing perfection. Again, teach your kids, we should teach our kids these qualities to set them up for success in life. They're going to face so much pressure in this media-saturated world. Let's not add to it by demanding perfection at home. And when I say this, I'm preaching to myself (laughs) right now too. Third, let go of the notion that you have to be totally perfect 
every day. And this is seriously hard for me, loving and respecting yourself and your family enough not to impose those dangerous, unrealistic standards on them. It's important to note here that perfectionism can feel crippling, even debilitating. You can look around during a wonderfully cheerful morning and see something out of place or messed up or you do something you think is terrible and you failed and you can lose all of the joy that God wants to give you in that moment. So letting go of the notion of perfectionism is key. I am learning this and growing stronger in my ability to do this every day. And the fourth tip, again, these are all very inspired by a lot of research and things that I was looking into. This was from a great blog post I read. It said to celebrate progress, victories, and failures. Again, there is so much to learn from failure. It's actually a gift. Like when I discovered I could not play basketball very well, even though I love the sport. <laughs> in sixth grade, but I could excel in piano and singing. Notice your growth and progress and definitely your victories. No one succeeds without failing first. Listen to some of these famous failures, and that's in quotes. <laughs> the first example for you is Sir James Dyson. He had 5,126 failed vacuum prototypes. He drained his savings account before he succeeded on the 5,127th one. And he is now worth $4.9 billion, right? Dyson vacuums, oh my word, billion. <laughs> the second one, Lucille Ball, actress best known for one of my favorite old shows, I Love Lucy. She appeared in so many second tier films that at the start of her career, she was known as the queen of the B movies. Now she went on to become an icon. Okay, let's take Walt Disney. He was fired from the Kansas City Star because his editor said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, and Sir Isaac Newton, his mom pulled him out of school to help him run the family farm, but he failed so badly that she put him back in school realizing, oh man, she, you know, I've made a mistake. And he went on to become one of the greatest scientists of all time. He revolutionized math and physics. Now he could have just been like, oh, I'm not a good farmer, you know, and focused on that. But instead, luckily his family had the wisdom to redirect him back to school where he was showing a lot of promise and look what he did. I mean, it's amazing. And my last example is Fred Astaire. An executive wrote about him during his screen tests. Can't sing, can't act, slightly balding, can dance a little, you know, and he went on, like this is back in the 1930s and 40s, but he went on to become a Hollywood and Broadway legend. Okay, so again, nobody succeeds without failing first. Remember that. All right, the fifth tip is to watch out for what they call the perfectionist's mind trap. And that is that kind of faulty negative thinking that's not based in reality. Now, I don't know about you, but I can recognize this in other people so easily. They'll say something out loud and I'm like, oh, you're wrong. No, you're just not seeing your strengths or you're not see seeing how this failure helped you grow, you know? But a lot of times when we look at ourselves, we're like, oh, I just can't quite see it you know, because it's ourselves, we don't always see clearly. So I would add here that I have to tell myself the truth all the time, just speak it over myself, especially in prayer, saying what God says about me rather than what, you know, the negative perfectionist thoughts might be trying to tell us. Your work does not equal your worth. So for example, if you failed to make a perfect birthday cake for your son, you are not a failure. Or if you don't have what you think is a flawless body, it does not mean you are less than anyone else. That being said, deciding to strive for excellence, not perfection is great. It's what I do. In high school, I got this one grade one time. I was like a sophomore. I got an A minus. 
in math and I was super annoyed that it cost me being valedictorian. <laughs> I mean, it's so silly now, but at least I ended up being salutatorian, so I'm proud of that. But, you know, I was just so upset because I wanted this perfect score on everything. I wanted to have the perfect grades and it just didn't happen. But another fun fact that I want to squeeze in here about your work not equaling your worth is that often you'll hear on the Dave Ramsey show that he has, so good. He has a millionaire theme hour every so often and these millionaires will call in and he always asks them a certain amount of questions. Like often they're the same questions and he always asks what your GPA in high school was. And most of the time, you guys, it was super average. It's not perfect like a 3 point or 3.5. It just goes to show again that perfectionism and flawlessness in grades won't necessarily even pay off in the end <laughs> anyways. All right, another tip for you is to get outside regularly. They have done so many studies that have shown that as little as five minutes outside can boost your mental health. Fresh air, the breeze, the sun, or even rain on your face can be so refreshing and invigorating. The sights and sounds in this beautiful creation were designed for us to enjoy. All right, well, my last tip for us is to stop trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. You will, as I know firsthand, you will exhaust yourself. And you will fail or drop the ball on something or someone, not because you are bad or terrible, but because you said yes to an impossible workload. Never has this tip been more important than right now for us mamas, I feel like. We live in an age where we go around thinking that everyone else is doing it better than us. Everyone's house is perfectly decorated and styled and clean all the time. Well, that's just not true, right? <laughs> or they lost their baby weight way faster than you did. And I'm thinking, why? Like, why? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Or you think all oh, these other people are feeding their children this perfect organic five-star meals. No, it's, it's not a, it's not a huge deal. We only see a glimpse. We never see the full context. So all of that thinking and the I should do XYZ kind of thinking, you know, it'll just cripple us and it'll stop us from being all that God made us to be. Now, if you hear nothing I say today, except this one thing, this is what I want you to take away. You, my friend, are unique. And there is literally no other woman in the world like you. So celebrate your strengths and learn from your failures. Don't chalk them up to you being a failure. And let's all move forward together in humility, confidence, and grace. Voltaire famously said, and my favorite other podcaster, Gretchen Rubin, often quotes this, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Okay, well, I know I went long on this topic because that's what happens when I get going about something I am super passionate about. So I just wanted to end with one of my current favorite things and then I'll be done. So one of my favorite things lately has been how I've had the opportunity in the last few weeks to celebrate graduations and weddings with dear friends. I just, it's kind of emotional, you know, it's happy and it's sad all at the same time, but I love these types of events that bring together old and new friends for a party. I have had the privilege of seeing people recently who I've known pretty much my whole life and we were able to just reconnect and catch up and it felt so, so good. It was wonderful. Well, I hope your hearts were encouraged today and please reach out to me through a direct message if you wanna talk further about this whole issue of perfectionism. And maybe I might do a, a live on it because I feel like, I, again, I'm just so passionate about it. I've had so much direct experience with it in my own life that maybe we could benefit from a conversation together. Okay, so I'll keep you posted. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week and please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. 
good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you need a reminder about the details for the giveaway that we're doing in June, just go to sundayafternoonmama.com and click on giveaway. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.